Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Finding Islam podcast. My name is Abir. I'm your host and lifestyle editor for Finding Islam. I'm joined with three very, very special and talented uh, and intelligent brothers, mashallah, uh, Abdullah, Muhammad, and Ibrahim. And we're all we're just going to have a chat, you know, about arts and humanities and kind of the different degree choices that. I suppose they're not typically encouraged uh, as much as like typical STEM fields are, particularly amongst the Muslim communities. So, without further ado, we'll kick it off. So, uh, first of all, how are y'all? How, how how's everyone's doing? How are y'all keeping? I know for some of you it was a busy period with exams and stuff as well. Are all your exams still finished now? I've got one deadline. Uh, Alhamdulillah, but I think everybody else is done, aren't they? Alhamdulillah. I mean, I've been done for about. Well, I've been done for like two weeks, but I've got end of next week. I need to submit the proposal for my dissertation. So now it's everything's starting to move a bit quickly. Uh, Alhamdulillah, it's not as intense as the last semester has been. Good to hear, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. So now I suppose to give the people some background. Uh, I, I, I took a very traditional career route. You know, I studied chemical engineering, um, like a good Pakistani boy, and I work as an engineer now. Um, and I suppose, Abdullah, we'll start with yourself because you're, you know, you study architecture. Alphabetical. Because <laughs> <laughs> you study architecture, and I find that interesting because yeah. um, uh, I suppose architecture is kind of an interesting one because um, it's not strictly an arts degree. It's, you know, you still have, you still have some kind of, I suppose, you know, engineering principles, mathematical principles, you probably imagine that's part of your degree, but at the same time, it does involve a lot of kind of artistic flair as well you know, just by the nature of what you're trying to do and create kind of special buildings as well as you have the historical aspect. So kind of it's a it covers a lot of things within that field. Like, would you would you have found that yourself studying architecture? Yeah, it's one of those, um, one of the questions that um, you can never quite do justice to because I think the, I have to get so pompous, like, oh, is it one minute in? But I think that the language and the tools and the labels that we're using, mm. um, uh, things like architecture don't work in those. Uh, for example, uh, perhaps a parallel is um, Arabic grammar. Um, Arabic grammar starts being developed after the Quran, right? Um, and the Quran forms the basis for all these rules that come in, um, all these kind of frameworks. But the Quran itself doesn't fit those rules. And in, in moments you have exceptions, right? Um, because it predates the, the framework. Um, and so perhaps we have kind of a secular way of looking at education in which really, I mean, no, no subjects work really. If you, if you drill deep and think about them too much, they don't really make sense in their labels, but architecture is evidently that. Um, and, it, and it kind of exploits that the most where it shows that it's not an art, it's not a science. It's neither. Mm. And it's not that it's both, it's literally neither, right? Um, and yes, yeah, it's, it's a strange one, subhanAllah. Uh, I guess I don't want to waffle, um, but... Uh, it's something I don't I don't know because I don't think that you can define it in the yeah, stems. Yeah, it kind of highlights the issue of the whole STEM moniker as well. Like I know even now they're rather than STEM they use STEAM to include uh, arts as well. So you've science, technology, uh, engineering, arts, uh, maths, which um, I think actually makes a lot of sense because you know obviously it's fun to make fun of art students and arts degrees and all these things um, and feel superior. Yeah, you both. Do, <laughs> I mean, you're constantly fl- slipping over on each side, but um, <laughs> whatever is convenient. Bro. But um, yeah, like the reality is, uh, 
you know, you don't, for, I mean, on an individual basis as well, I think you don't want to just be full, fully kind of, um, uh, it, fully deep into one skill set. Like it's uh, even like an engineering, you know, we learn a lot of communication skills. We do a lot of presentations and things. Um, we, we even learn, like we cover areas such as like ethics and kind of morals, which I actually think is very important um, to, to learn in general, regardless of your field. And when we, you know, when we look at our kind of very capitalist uh, society we live in, you know, moral morality is often the kind of pushed to the side, uh, in you know, uh, in the in the name of innovation and uh, consumerism and many other things. So, uh, I think it makes sense that having strict labels like that, it, it doesn't really fit. You know, it's especially for subjects like architecture. Um, now, for like yourselves, Muhammad and uh, Ibrahim, your fields are, I suppose, a bit more t traditional in the arts kind of way. Uh, particularly, I suppose, Muhammad, because you kind of, you know, you study like history and stuff. And did you, you went, yeah. like, is it fair to say you went in that direction? Because like, that was just what you had interest in? Yeah, uh, for me, it was kind of a no brainer that I would go into the histories. Uh, I was always into history. I was like reading encyclopedias as a child and always very interested um, in like the historical background and, and just learning about different places and, and things. Um, and it was a kind of cart before the horse kind of decision for me in the sense of like, I'm going to study history and then figure out what I'm going to do with it later. Um, but it was always kind of geared towards education. The the only question was where. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's kind of how I ended mm -hmm. up in history. Mari um, is the kind of in our group who's the in our Finding Islam Contributors chat, uh, everybody is wary to <laughs> say anything <laughs> historical, uh, just in case, because they'll yeah. see Mari furiously typing yeah. it. Actually, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, no, we appreciate it a lot. I can practically I've been corrected many a time by him. He's up yeah. As he's about to type. Yeah, he's <laughs> cracking his knuckles, he's getting ready to refute some people in the chat. <laughs> no, that's, that's um, I think that's actually... That's the image I, I think that's cool that you you went into a field that like you actually like you have a genuine interest ever since you're young. Because to be honest, that's not true for everyone. Like I knew for me, mm -hmm. I was interested in I was was interested in science and technology and all this stuff. But like I didn't specifically know as a child I want to become a chemical engineer, you know. And and even that's like mm -hmm. chem you study chemical engineering, but like what you end up working as, you know, there's so many different fields and types of engineer as well uh, outside of that. But um. And uh, mm. Ibrahim, I'm guessing uh, you chose to study English because you wanted to learn English. Uh, no, that never gets old, does it? Um, so for me, the the decision was I kind of took the long way around to get into the, to something I already kind of knew. Um, for a lot of my like secondary school years, I had this assumption that I was going to go down an an engineering route like i for a while like up until i was around 15 16 ish i thought i just thought i was gonna end up doing like um uh aeronautical engineering i had like a vague idea about it but i kind of got i think towards the end of secondary school like the last two years i was getting grips uh, coming to terms with the uh the fact that i wasn't really that into the subject um, there were aspects I liked of the sciences, of the natural sciences. Uh, most of those had very little to do with with mechanics and things like that, uh, but more to do with things like like the the side of like the natural sciences that pretty much no one deems as like like practical, like astronomy and things like that. And um, I think one of the, a number of things impacted the decision I made. 
because I, I I was all, I've always been like a sort of geek for storytelling and whatnot. So that was why English should have been a no brainer for a long time. Um, one, but one of the moments I think really impacted me was actually my physics teacher, and because um, what I've come to realize is that physicists, for as much as we think of like, because we have this sort of stereotype that STEM is this entirely uh, utilitarian. Uh, field right it's for people who are practical about everything but i came to realize physicists are very impractical people they're very romantic people mm. in fact I, I i i'd posit that anyway from the like students i met most of the students i met who'd studied physics were not interested in what they were going to do after uni they were just interested mm. in what they were doing now and um my physics teacher had said something along the lines well, well, when we were signing our a levels he said uh, to our class uh, a lot of you guys will claim that you love science. I'm going to tell you now, you don't love science. You've got a crush on science. Mm -hmm. And um, that, that was like a moment of realization for me because there were parts of physics that I dreaded uh, yeah. seeing on the exam paper. And like, I still have like PTSD about the, about, about, <laughs> about, about the subjects. And there's areas that I, I found really fascinating, but they weren't, they weren't things I wouldn't I would devote myself to. I think when we get to the subject of stem versus arts and why we see uh, why we see a like more significant proportion of muslims and or asians and arabs mostly uh in one side and the other i think a lot of it boils down to like people not actually pursuing what they're interested in uh pursuing what uh, what um they think is the most practical or the most sensible and that's not necessarily a bad thing um yeah, we can elaborate on that as we go on, I suppose. Yeah, no, I think you're you're right. Um, I actually, I, I like what you mentioned about like physics and science in general, because I find the same thing. And I always cringe when I see kind of, you know, you see on like Instagram and on Facebook, all these pages like I love science and stuff like that. And I just find it so cringy because like it, it, the reality is you, you love the result of science. Like you like what it gives you or like what you're, you know, the cool, uh, cool things you hear about it, but you don't actually like actually studying it is difficult but also actually like being a scientist is extremely extremely difficult you know it's not an easy job at all and um it's one that yeah i think there's definitely that disconnect there especially when you're younger in school um and even when you're in university i think it's like it's not until you're in actually studying something you realize you know i like what i'm studying but i don't know if i actually want to do this for a living and that kind of thing you know i think that's a difficult thing to really figure out but yeah, and uh, how's your master's been going, by the way? How's because I'm that's quite a different experience for you as well, because like you're in a different university now as well. Uh, um, uh, uh, alhamdulillah, it's going quite well. Uh, yeah, I'm both in a different university in a different field. So for context, yeah, again, my uh, my uh, undergrad was in English literature, and I suppose that is like kind of within like, the meat and potatoes of the artsy. Uh, uh, degrees. It's it's it feels like the stereotype that you think think of when you think of an arts to, of, of like the liberal arts. Um, my masters, I describe that as something that kind of bridges the arts and humanities. Like it touches on aspects of social sciences and um, other areas. That it's not. I, I suppose it, like the the most generic way uh, of saying it. It's not. Uh, it's not about sitting to, uh, sitting in a seminar and talking about your feelings. It's about it's about it has more to do with observations, and I don't I don't say that to dismiss English, but I feel like that that's the best way to kind of get get that idea across. Yeah. 
And how, how have you found the environment at uh, SOAS? I mean, I suppose it's been hard probably to experience it just because of COVID and having to mostly do things remotely. But uh, in terms of like your peers and in general, undergrad are going to be people who in the same boat of you, uh, as you for the most part you do get like the some outliers people who are older returning to uni but generally speaking everyone's just come out of their a-levels that uh, this their, this their first sort of like um experience of higher or higher or further education whereas whereas i think we've gone through we've we're past that when, it, when you get to the master's stage and um it's it's changed my my uh, my view of like studying the arts quite a bit now, where I I think, and um, how do I put it? Uh, I suppose one thing I appreciate about uh, about this is that it's not so compartmentalized. One of my biggest issues with this mm. whole like need to compartmentalize everything. This is STEM. This is the arts. This is humanities. Is that a lot of the time it doesn't work because you un like you'll rarely come across a field where you don't need to know something about something unrelated to it or that something that isn't directly related to it like you need to you need a, a number of different practices there's nothing that's purely one subject on its own it needs contextual knowledge from, from other areas and you get you get to experience that a lot more in your postgrad than you do in your undergrad i think yeah absolutely um yeah, I think that's yeah. That can often be the benefit of doing a master's and a kind of further study as well. It kind of kind of gives you a chance to explore different things and maybe go into a different like slightly different subject matter as well, based on like compared to like what you studied to undergrad. For me, it was different again because I I did a master's, but my master's again was in chemical engineering, so a bit of a different experience there. Not as I, I suppose culturally uh, rich, but uh, <laughs> what can you do? So like um. You know, one thing I wonder is if if categorizing like all these fields as either arts or humanities or, you know, STEM, it doesn't really apply. Is there like a better way to go forward? Is there maybe even uh, a structural issue with like how we look at further education? Because I think um, uh, like I think there's definitely challenges there, <clears throat> not only for the institutions, but like if uh, for students as well, and not only in figuring out what it is I want to study, but what actually I want to do after I finish studying. Because I remember, um, for me, it felt pretty easy to decide I want to do at least some type of engineering. I knew most likely, I I, I had certain interests like, at, for, you know, in different fields. Um, like, uh, I had a brief interest in, in, in pursuing law, potentially. But um, I knew after that phase, I knew most likely I would either do some kind of science, medicine, or engineering. But... Can we... Um... Can we um begin by defining um I guess what we mean by the arts yeah. um because we, we've got we've we set up a binary right um but it's kind of like where does that line go um is the arts at the moment where I think I think we've got it uh sciences and the humanities is on the art side right and everything else um perhaps because um then again you have like the humanities which generally as a non generally non humanities person forgive me. 
it seems that there's a vocation at the end of most of those things, right? Mm. Um, that they have a sort of purpose, ish, ish. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, t- t- I mean, okay, fine. Let's let's have an example, right? History. Um, yeah. No vocation necessarily directly, but your intention is generally academia, etc. Right? You have yeah. um, sociology, academia, etc., etc. When you have, when you want to go to the straight definition of arts in in the most purest sense, you have something like art. Um, in which to define a practical purpose, people will laugh. Um, but mm-hmm. in my view, it is, you know, the most significant um, thing that we can do as humans, uh, right? Objectively. Um, and I, I'll go further. I think the Muslim world is, is lacking and lagging today, uh, if not primarily, um, largely due to the fact that we have no power or no voice through this medium um but there's no you see there's no kind of academic not even an academic purpose to it um so so where do we draw that line because again it's about labels isn't it um and i guess yeah it's like a meta question because it's, <laughs> it's questioning the question itself uh yeah no that's uh, a good uh, point and i think i suppose that's one of the issues in itself is i think a lot of people don't really look at academia as a as opt- as like a route unless like you know you come from a family where perhaps academia you know you're either your parents or someone in you know another one of your relatives has gone down that route you know because like i know for me when i was in school academia was never something that was kind of even suggested as an option you know even though you can go into that route uh in pretty much any field of study which is including engineering as well but um yeah perhaps like that should be one way to look at it if you want to study something like arts that should be more or like more typically looked at as one of the career routes ahead of you because i i think there still is that disconnect of like, this is what I'm going to study. Okay, but once I study this, what am I actually going to do with it? Or what am I going to make of myself once I have this this, this degree? So there's a few challenges there. Um, and I think people, I don't know, I think like people also get too focused on the traditional uh, careers as well, because there's lots of things that you can do, you know, even if you don't have like, what's a very, I suppose, desirable or in, or in-demand degree, like engineering or science. You know, like, um, and like you're saying, Abdullah, I, I agree that, you know, one of the issues I think in the Muslim world, um, when we look at our own countries, is there is kind of a lack of focus in these areas, and it does hurt the society as a whole when you have that. You can't just have everyone be a doctor or everyone be a mathematician. You do need, you do need people who are philosophical thinkers as well as people who are experts in. Uh, history or in, in kind of you know culture things like that uh, as well as like literature another question perhaps we can broaden even more because why not because we've yeah. only got an hour right um when we say the arts or these subjects do we mean only through university um so you know do you uh, when we say you know we need people to go into history we need people to go into go into and some things which are less uh, academic in the formal sense, like art, uh, I think it probably, you know, you'd rather not do an arts degree if you want to get into art. For example, um, art is in, you know, like fine art. Um, so are we, are we, is our discussion today um, only about academic, like should Muslims get into the academic arts or should Muslims get, get into the arts? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Please tell me that makes sense. Uh, no, that makes sense. I, I get the question. In the sense of like, are we talking about traditional, older styles of like hands-on things? Um, of course, yeah, I'm in off, way. Like, yeah. One example that came to me was I was watching this uh, video the other day 
of this traditional Korean pot maker. And he's like, yeah, we have an unbroken line of tradition from the old masters of like ancient Korean pot making. Uh, so like the example, a corollary to your point would be like, would we get people involved in things like reviving the old Islamic gate uh, art and architectural styles, uh, woodworking and masonry and that kind of stuff? Like, that's what you might have to look. Um, in uh, way, I don't know. Ibrahim. Or less, less high minded. Um, I don't um, think that was very clear. <laughs> As I think the bigger issue we're kind of avoiding, uh, what we've thus far avoided, is like what we're talking about like, traditional roots. They're not that old. They they're not they're not as traditional as we. Th- what, what is a traditional uh, form of work? Most of what we're talking about has only really emerged in like the past two three hundred years max. Yeah, and um, two. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of like uh, like how we categorize things going about the topic of right what is stem what, what are the arts this whole thing of compartmentalization for the most part is also a very recent phenomenon as far as i'm aware, uh, far as I'm aware. um dr Rilan talks about this actually uh on a number in a number of articles and a number of his podcasts as well that um this like i like, this era of specialization it, it really emerged from an industrial mindset of you know mm-hmm. in like the sort of in the assembly line every person only has one job they need to master that one job and they don't need to be concerned about anything else that mindset like yeah exactly you had one job do it right right yeah. and you see and you see in and it's not just in work life it's how we teach as well like mm-hmm. traditionally speaking if we look at many of our scholars in the past they did a bit of everything they didn't stick mm-hmm. to one thing. They would, they'd probably, they'd most likely flourish in one area or be mo- most known for one area, um, not just in the Islamic world, but in the Western world as well. Like we remember Da Vinci, the painter. Da Vinci did a, a, a number of other things. He was an inventor. Mm-hmm. He was a thinker. Yeah. He was a mathematician. He did a, he did a number of different things. He's an amazing guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. The, yeah. Uh, category uh, of yeah, the Renaissance kind of, man. Sorry. Uh. Oh, exa- exa- but exactly. That, 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 that's the point. You had re- Renaissance media polymaths. Mm-hmm. And, um, now, but nowadays we we kind of look down on that. We we think we look, we think of it as the j- a jack of all trades, master of none, mm-hmm. and as if that, that that's something bad. But mm-hmm. it's not it's not necessarily. Um, and that's what I mean. Like this idea of like compartmentalizing knowledge, I don't think we can push it as far as we think we can. Yeah, because um, you'll inevitably you will inevitably need another area of knowledge to support or complement what you specialize in. Especially as the times so, change, right? Exactly. Yeah. So when we talk about going down traditional routes, how traditional really are they? Um, uh, when it comes to the, uh, the I get what, I get what, you, what Abir means by, by this, by the way, when he says like, you know, going down the stem route because you've got you've got somewhat of a like clear career path. Whereas if you're going down the arts routes, you yeah. don't really. And when people try to project a sort of career, a career path onto it, it's a bit problematic. I mean. I can't like I can't begin to count the number of times where I've introduced myself to someone. They asked me what I do, and uh, uh, I told them I do I, I study English, and they said, uh, and they reply with, "Oh, so you want to be a teacher? Mm-hmm. What? Why is that the Why is that the only natural step you can think of?" Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so glad that you brought this up. Um, I'm going to attempt to be really pompous here. Um, there's a lot of random things going on in my head. I'm going to try and string them together at the risk of sounding like an absolute waste man. Okay. Um, where do we start? 
Ibrahim like raises the idea of a oh my god this is this is getting really big. Um, Ibrahim raises the idea of like a traditional way of learning. No, sorry, Mari, you raise the idea of craft, right? Um, and the idea that which you know some argue is not an art initially because you're it, it's rote memorization really you're learning how to do the same thing like calligraphy for example um or even uh turkish archery right you're, you're i read some i think it was on twitter actually i mean you know the first stage is just pulling back the my sister's an archer not me um but you pull it back 300 times and that's the first stage, etc and then you're just, i mean you're not producing that's the key thing like you're, you're learning you're not producing anything you're just becoming a robot or a vehicle or a vessel for this new information and then the idea is that you you get any jazza right and then the calligrapher can write is allowed to write an ayah from the quran that isn't copied from someone else they're allowed to to, to make new flourishes etc but there's this period where you are a craftsman you're not technically an artist because an artist i think the function of an artist is to reflect the time and then produce things that reflect that and mirror the time now a vocation is a way of trying to still time because you're creating a, a function for today's world, like something that needs to be done, right? And that's why it's easy to understand. It's easy to say, I want to be a doctor because today we need doctors. However, when day after tomorrow we have robot doctors, that becomes a obsolete vocation. And then you have someone who is an artist who produces new functions for society now not artists in the in the painting sense or etc but just by definition we have a, a model of someone who produces things because they've done the craft and now they have the ability to produce things that do not exist and so when you ask an art an artist what what is the purpose of your job well obviously you can't understand because they are producing something that doesn't exist so they can't tell you that you know, does that make sense? Like th- their job doesn't exist because their job is to produce things that you can't see, right? It's 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 creative with a capital C. Um, I, I, I just, lots of stringy thoughts. I get that, um, but I mean, in that sense, there's a lot that becomes creative because education. Yeah, of course, becomes definitely, art. definitely. Um, exactly, but because that's something they're always on about like you teaching students, you're teaching like the the people of tomorrow and training kids for jobs that don't exist now. Would you say that's, I mean, if we, if we brought in the definition, would you, would you say that's not artistic in all fine, creative? Well, yeah, the, I mean, there is an artistic, creative element to, to like education or something uh, in that you have to find different yeah. ways of uh, approaching the, the material and uh, bringing it to the, the, to the students and to get them to understand things uh, and giving them the skills behind it. Because ultimately, um, Oh, oops, I muted myself. Ultimately, a lot of education uh, is less about material and more about skills. So, like, one of the key takeaways of, like, history um, is less so knowing that in, like, 410, the city of Rome was sacked, as opposed to being able to critically analyze a written text uh, yeah. and to, like, sift through information or, like, work through biased material uh, and things like this. Um, and that these are... The, the deeper, more creative skills that will last with you um, through, through, a, through a lifetime, really. Um, and which render you a member of the arts, right? Perhaps. Or at least they give you the capacity to do that. Um, because then you can take your whatever skills And that's you, why, Ibrahim, create. we had this debate. That's why maths is an art. <laughs> because you're producing new formulas. Yeah, it's, no, honestly, no, I, I'm being serious. I, I, I'm being serious. I, yeah, as I opposed to... At the higher yeah. levels, everything's an art, I though. think, yeah... 
Yeah, if you're going to top tier physics, is there a problem with that? I don't think there's a problem with that. And also, I think it shows. I think I probably agree with that. It shows as well the need for creativity in any field or any space. Like, even um, if you look at right now, we're in a very much like a tech, um, like a like innovative kind of tech scene right now right for we have have been for some time because of how much computers have advanced and because of how much uh, disruption is possible through you know through like our increased kind of computing power right you know when you look at things like uber and, and tesla and all these uh and all these social media sites and so on which have kind of changed the fabric of our society in many ways and none of that stuff is possible if you are someone who can't think in any way differently uh, in my opinion, you know, you have to be able to look at something and see this could be done better or this could be done differently. Um, otherwise, like, how do you go from, you know, uh, horses and carriages to the car? How do you go from the car to the autonomous car, which is where we're heading now? You know, mm-hmm. uh, how do you go from fossil fuels to, to renewable energy? So, like, uh, I, like when Abdullah says maths is an art or everything is start, it, I think that actually makes sense. Like, I am. Um, you do have uh why it, while it may not be an art in the very traditional sense or uh, as as to how we understand what that word means i think um it's yeah i think it's... really the reality is it, in many ways it is and you do need to like uh it's it, within those spaces there has to be people who can think differently and that's 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 how that's how things progress um uh, I'd like to re-qualify what Abdullah said, actually. I don't necessarily think everything is an art, but everything demands a level of artistry or Which creativity. Which is interesting because when someone reaches the top of top of their thing, what do you say? You say doing this well is an art because it's, it's the top level of doing something, right? Anyway, go on, sorry. Uh, uh, as an example of that, again, like within the STEM fields, whenever a scientist is making some kind of observation, let's say someone's, uh, someone is studying the behavior of subatomic particles, I can fairly, I think it's fair to assume that that person does not, could not care less whether or not that, that obse- their observation has a practical use to it. Meaning they don't care about what the technological applications of that observation uh, are or what the, implica- what the wider implications that observation will have uh, for, for the human race will be. But they care about the observation itself. Mm-hmm. So if there's a leap between making the observation and making that observation something we can use or benefit from, which in, in a materialist sense. Very good point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that, that jump, that leap demands creativity. Yeah. But I think that's the opposite of that. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to push the boundaries. Uh, I've, I've, I've spoken too much. I'm not going to... <laughs> Try and justify myself again. You guys just think Abdullah's talking nonsense and ignore me and show. I'm going to eat the same. No, no, no. I mean it's uh, it's so an interesting thought. Meeting on See that kind of technique there. That, that's yeah, artistry that right there. You guilting us into agreeing <laughs> with you. Uh, not 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 saying that I, that I disagree with you. I'm just saying that, you, that that was like so you could requalify what what was being mm. said there. Um, yeah, I, I think it's um, I think like there's a very human thing as well. Um, about wanting to see things that are, that are kind of different. Like, for example, uh, if we just take football, just like a sport, it's the feeling you get just watching, say, an average player play versus someone like Messi or Ronaldo play or Neymar, the way they move with the ball, the things that they can do, which it, it's like Abdul was saying, you end up describing, oh, this is like artistry at its finest. 
because it's something that's so unique and different. And I've seen this kind of thinking applied in other areas as well. Like taking, like if we take architecture as an example, you know, it's like, you don't have to be an architect to, to know that if a building is just a drab gray block, no one's want to go. No one wants to go anywhere near. No one wants to look at it. It's horrible. You probably will just feel worse <laughs> just looking at it, right? Whereas <laughs> you know, when, when buildings are built in a unique way, take advantage of space and light and kind of look, you know, appealing and visually appealing, it kind of brightens everything up around it as well. Uh, so there is like a, it's it's I think it's a human thing as well to kind of, you know, want to kind of see things that are just different. And even when you're a child, it's like that. You know, to a child, you kind of you make you make you make you know you because your imagination is is so potent you're able to just kind of find fun and different things just 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 for things that as an adult you look at it and just think you know this is just a bottle but as a as a child that could be that ball becomes a sword you know uh maybe it becomes like a i don't know a grenade that you're going to throw or something whatever because sometimes it becomes <laughs> a football itself you know if you're bored <laughs> you don't have an actual ball stuff like that so i think Guys, I'm so sorry to um, try and justify my loopy idea again. But, you know, so we had this idea that... Sorry, apricot seed. Um, we had this idea that... Um, well, I had this idea. You guys are already agreeing with me, but... You have kind of... You learn a craft, and you become a craftsman, and then you have the ability to become an artist. In any case, you have perhaps... Um, uh, I've the engineer. He was a craftsman of, the, of, the, of engineering, right? Um, and perhaps tomorrow, Abir's, um got some sort of strange chemical reaction going on in his house and he knows exactly what to do and then he becomes an artist because he's producing solutions to new things. Right. So and craft, da, 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 da. I just thought when I've been mentioned um, about architecture, the past 200 years of architecture, we have movements, right? Um, again, we're labeling, but you start with, um, with the Baroque, 300, 400 years, fine, um, which is like a really exaggerated, elaborate form of art, which, which leaves limitations. It's kind of the most decadent thing you can do because um, people, architects just don't care about reality anymore. They just design what they want. So a door doesn't look like a door, a window doesn't look like a window. They just think, let's just be crazy artists, right? Nothing relates to anything. And then in reaction, you know, we work in cycles. Humans are cyclical beings. Life is a cycle. So in reaction, people who don't like that start becoming more primitive. So we get the Greek revival, which is about science and about purity. And the Greek uh, temple um, is supposed to be kind of the most primitive form of construction because it's supposed to literally be um, the primitive part. I mean, you can look at it, it's like columns are trees, like um, uh, uh, trunks, um, etc. Anyway, um, and then after that, so you're kind of getting more and more extreme. And then after that, you have perhaps, perhaps, I'm not trying to impose this, but you, then you have the arts and crafts movement right? Which is kind of craftsmanship. And then you have the modernism movement, which is kind of anti-art and it literally anti-ornamentation, etc. So it's kind of that cycle in reverse. So maybe I'm supporting, that's maybe that's a good piece of evidence. It's kind of the backwards way of me describing it, which perhaps supports the fact that that's how it works. Maybe. <laughs> I'm talking nonsense of how I'm um, I don't know if I'm making sense. I hope I am. You know these things. You, you can't really tell whether you're you're being coherent, especially. I feel when like you've had a lot of caffeine yeah. today. Abdullah. <laughs> what, was the I mean, what was the subject we were supposed to talk about? Like why why not enough Muslims do arts yeah, or like why yeah. I get cussed out for doing like we've we, we, we like gone that, down yeah. some rabbit holes. Uh, all right, <laughs> from the original yeah. idea. And those are new ones too. I mean, no, I think this is interesting yeah. though. Like, I think uh, it's like if we if we just go back to the root question, right? Like let's say the root question is 
Okay, how do we encourage more Muslims to get into the arts? Well, I think it makes sense to kind of talk a bit about, okay, what do we even mean by the arts? Um, as well as looking at not only what they would be studying, but what what kind of, uh, what, what life does that lead to uh, after you're finishing university and these kind of things mm -hmm. as well. Um, and I think now there's actually some good avenues and kind of, I suppose, more inspirations for Muslims to go into these fields as well than perhaps there were in the past. So like, for example, if you're, you know, if you want to be a director, you know, for a long time, there probably wouldn't have been much, especially if you live in the West or watch a lot of Western media, you, I doubt you would have had much inspiration to do so, especially given the lack of representation, not only of Muslims in that area, you know, typically uh, when we look at like Hollywood and stuff, but even just a uh, general lack of representation for other ethnicities and, and so on as well. Whereas now that there are increases to that and also specifically for Muslims, we have things like, you know, Earth the Group uh, and other series like that, which have kind of helped show that, you know, there is not only um, room and like an appetite for this kind of uh, historical uh, you know, content that focuses on kind of Muslims um, and to a degree Islam, but, you know, these are actually made by Muslims as well. So this is something that, you know, you can actually pursue and start doing. Whereas, you know, because it's, it's so easy to be dissuaded, I think, from these things, especially when you're, you know, when you're a teen. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's, it's your own parents and so on who do so. And not because they, they wish you to not be happy, but they, they know, unfortunately, that you know, anything that isn't kind of guaranteed stability is scary. Uh, and uh, something that isn't engineering, law, maths, medicine, typically is, you know, a little bit, I suppose, less likely to be, you know, a guaranteed job for you. But it's good that we have that inspiration. I'll even say for like you guys, you're in that position too, because you're actually studying these fields. You know, you can kind of vouch for them and talk about why you went into them, what you're going, what you're working towards now. Um, and I would argue as well, me, myself, I benefit greatly just from like speaking with you, like uh, uh, whether it's learning specifically about your fields, but in general, your perspectives on certain things can be so different. Um, Particularly Abdullah, I think you're a great example for that. Because Marshall, you have such a creative way of thinking that often I struggle to even keep up with a lot of your ideas. But uh, I think that's a fault. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's not, it's not <laughs> the praise. Uh, um, I mean, to answer the question of how do we encourage more Muslims to take a certain route, um, I think fundamentally speaking, I'm not I'm not all that concerned with like convincing more Muslims to do an arts degree or do or study one thing over another um i think the main thing we need to emphasize is having ambition in whatever mm. you do mm. and not settling for less i'm really irked by the fact that like, we have so many muslims in stem who aren't leaders in their fields mm. yeah. they're completely content being like i don't know like being someone else uh, someone else's labor and i'm not saying that to, to denigrate anyone or to belittle what people do people do some fantastic work in in all these fields but Again, it's become cliche because I've had I've heard this example quite a bit. But um, how many Muslims do? Uh, uh, how many Muslim CEOs do we see like practicing Muslim CEOs? How many Muslims do we see getting involved in bioethics as, as, instead of just going down the med school mm -hmm. route? Um, how many people do we see like actually like pioneering or whatever they do? And I, I feel like we put too we too we put too much like. We give, we give too much credit to to, uh, to university as like this 
uh, like the sort of guaranteed pathway, especially within the arts. It's from what I've seen, like if you want to be an artist per se, I don't think university is going to give you something like inc that unique that you wouldn't otherwise get. You know, maybe a networking opportunity and uh and some again academic rigor r rigor that's if you want to be a creative in a certain field not a critic um for instance a number of film directors within in the west anyway you have film directors who thrived after going through going through film school and you have filmed uh, and you'll have like this sort of guerrilla artists who make a name for themselves another way i mean um uh I think that there's a director, Robert Rodriguez. He did, he did like the Machete films and uh, a lot of like this sort of uh, Grindhouse test. Well, he did Grindhouse as well. He's a friend of Tarantino. He wrote a book. I think it's called uh, Rebel Without a Crew, about how he basically fi financed his well, not only financed his film, his, his first film, but but shot it entirely on his own and built his career off that. Mm. You have uh, you have directors like Scorsese, yep, even Tarantino. Um, and a number of others who didn't go to film school, who did everything off their off their own backs. Obviously, it's a lot harder. Uh, like getting into film school isn't that easy either. So I don't I don't think like, I feel like we put too much emphasis on like academia because we we're still in an age where we think that the little pay uh, the little bit of paper that get that might that might as well like that, that you do need for your CV, depending for mo for most jobs uh, at the very least. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have mastered that uh, that, that discipline, or you uh, or like, like for me personally, I don't think I spent enough time writing when I was doing my undergrad. I want to be a writer down the line, and um, I think that's something I'm getting better at now than I did throughout my whole undergrad. Even when I did like creative writing modules, I didn't spend that much time writing, and that's a kind of experience that I felt that my degree didn't, uh, uh, did, wasn't going to guarantee me. Something you have to do on your own back. I mean, there's that... Have you guys seen the film Good Will Hunting? Yeah. Mm. There's a bit in it where he has... Uh, where, he, uh, where the guy has uh, an argument with someone in a, in a pub and he completely, mm -hmm. like, demolishes him. I, I don't know if he was, like, some preppy political science student. Yeah. And he yeah. just, like, he points out, like, he's, the guy's, like, just ripping off Adam Smith and stuff like that. And he said that, like, uh, at the end of this, like... Uh, uh, you're you're gonna have some spec. You're gonna be fifty k in debt for uh, for an education you could have got at your pub uh, at the public library. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's true for a lot of uh, for a lot of degrees. I'd go as far as to say even within STEM, like there's a lot of STEM subjects who really, if you wanted to get like the theory, like 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 unlock, you could really do that off your own back if you had the discipline and the and the sort of determination to do it. Mm -hmm. So the degree isn't you isn't providing you with something that that much uh, else other than again a networking opportunity and a and a bit of evidence to show that you studied something in that line so, maybe it's actually harming you uh, and limiting you um, and i'm well, interested mari and um, ibrahim whether this is the case for your field as well um but in architecture um and certainly arts schools um every university has a style or a flavor or a way in which things are done um, and this is something that, you know, uh, my friends and I have ranted about as well. Um, but at my uh, architecture school, uh, we have a very specific uh, set of things that are appreciated and, and things that are kind of discouraged, um, which is not bad because to say that you have a school or a human system in which 
there aren't human preferences that are shown is it's unacceptable because what, what kind of sterile environment do you expect right but um you're 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 being put into an orthodoxy uh right you're being forced through a another way a person's way of seeing the world as opposed to and here's the thing right on a societal level perhaps that's beneficial but like uh the film the film example um people who go through a certain film school inevitably end up filming in certain ways uh, people who go through certain architecture schools uh, in Bath, it's a very specific stereotype, design buildings in certain ways. Um, and there's an expectation. I mean, we have, in, in, even in the UK, we have, I mean, I could list every single architecture school, or at least, uh, you know, the well-known ones, and I could tell you what their stereotype is uh, and what kind of stuff there is expected from them. Um, but it's quite a popular meme, if you will, right? Um, on societal levels at work, especially for traditions, especially for traditional things. So calligraphy, uh, okay, I'm not going to say my opinion. Um, actually, because I, I don't, I'm not qualified to have an opinion. But you have a very specific and rigid way in which you have to learn calligraphy uh, in a serious sense. Uh, you go to uh, these days Turkey. You sit at the, you know, you sit with a with a chef, uh, often from a Sufi tariqa, uh, and you just wrote learn the same letter for years, uh, etc. And, and it goes like that. And so you have a very distinct style, which is a chain. Uh, I think Maru, you mentioned the pottery, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You are learning someone else's craft, and then you have the ability to innovate in that craft. Um, maybe it's the same for science and history. But see, on a traditional level, it works, and it makes sense. But I guess the, the, the risk of the opposite, the benefit of the opposite, first of all, is that you have lots of truly innovative things happening, right? As opposed to uh, just a slight changes and variations of the same formula you have true innovation but what that means is you have 99 things that are rubbish because that's how innovation works and one thing which is truly that's going to stand the test of time and sometimes a bad thing stand the test of time and then you also have the risk of a postmodern kind of output where there's so much going on and so much randomness um that you know it just becomes a bit too artistic i mean we need it we need a balance right i mean i'm, I'm a fan of these things but um there's a societal benefit and harm in these things as well, um, and there's a there's a middle road. Um, I don't know. Is that the same in your? Degree? I mean, even yours. Is there a, is there an orthodox way to do engineering? Yeah, I suppose. Like, um, oh, yeah. So, like, within within engineering, you know, there's going to be certain things that are kind of tried and true, right? Certain methodology, um, and that uh, that would apply regardless of what type of engineering you you studied as well. There'll be certain things that are kind of you know this is the way you go about it, and particularly with um you know chemical engineering as i studied it um <clears throat> you know we had to learn you, you learn very much in a practical sense how you would go about things um you also learn in a sense based on like like the typical like law and legislation uh because that does apply into it with engineering as well like there are certain rules especially if you want to build like a new plant for example manufacturing facility stuff like that so you learn to think in that way um you don't there's not i suppose there's not as much not as much direct emphasis and don't want in those things to like change it up um which in in many ways it makes sense like that you're going to have certain these are certain laws mm. uh you know and assumptions based off our understanding of the current not only physical physical world but also chemical world things like that and how chemical reactions work and so on um that you follow uh aside from that there is room for kind of uh I suppose optimizations, improvements, you know, iterations. A lot of chemical and like a lot of, a lot of what I studied um, is kind of funny in a way because there's lots, there's so much trial and error involved in it. You know, whenever like if you're designing a reactor or something, you know, it's not like okay, 
like you have your base template of how a, how a typical reactor will be, but then you iterate, make slight changes to things. Maybe you change the exact dimensions of it. Maybe you change some materials used. Um, so I suppose there's an overall like foundation that you're that bases your thinking and bases your methodology. Within that, though, you'll have they, there's still some uh, work for you to do. Though I don't know if that's strictly creative, um, but because it is again still somewhat fairly standardized. But I think yeah, craft, I would it? say yeah, part of it yeah it is a craft because like you're applying your own understanding, you're applying the understanding of um, like well, how far as a society we've progressed in terms of these things as well. Um, but like. And then every few hundred years, you have the Magetti, right? The, the, yeah. the artist. You have the Einstein. I mean, yeah. no, seriously, I mean, Einstein, a complete paradigm shifter. He goes into a, a rigid, um, what we see as STEM field, and he does it purely artistic mm. things. Um, and you have a completely new way of seeing physics. Um, interesting. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. And, and sometimes you have stuff even like, um, and what's one of the things I love about engineering is engineering is it's inherently, in my opinion, it is a profession that... Uh, requires creativity because it's all about problem solving. Power problem solving is figuring out um, not only what the problem is, but okay, how do I actually, you know, how do I solve it? And that can often require you to think things differently. And even like, you know, some of the lectures I had and stuff, you know, they've gone on to like create their own businesses and things off of areas of research that they're experts in and creating products uh, or solutions and things based on their expertise and their craft. Um, which I personally always find, I always find that inspirational. Like I find that really interesting. Like I, I love that idea of just being able to create something that helps um, make the world better. You know, like whether it's our our energy needs or even things like uh, wastewater treatment, recycling, all these things. You know, uh, there's a huge requirement for that. Um, what you said actually reminded me a little bit of a quote from um, another film. Just on like a, a film quote, madness today, but uh, from the the wind rises. I did I did an essay on it recently, actually for uni. Um, there was something along the lines of inspiration unlocks the future, technology eventually catches up. Mm. Uh, mm. I feel like engineering is it does have that 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 sort of creativity to it that we often overlook. Um, returning to what Abdullah was saying about you know creating orthodoxies within like institutions that's something i've, ob I've observed obse observed as well and you do have like, these sort of academic movements that are, like try to be like try to rage against this you have the modernist turn the postmodernist turn you have post everything pretty much uh, that's trying to rebel against something else but in doing that you're setting a new a sort of new standard yeah. for everything yeah. and in as much as people like say that we encourage diversity we encourage debate and whatnot reality like university itself whether like i'm not saying that academics themselves are guilty of this but i'm saying the environment of university and the nature of a degree uh, is such that students are discouraged from ch challenging the ideas of their teachers mm -hmm. Sometimes that's a good thing. I think a lot of the time, but a lot of the time in in secular academia, anyway, I think it can it, it can like stifle creativity. Um, I saw it in my undergrad. I'd see it less so now, uh, but um, a lot of people I, 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 I knew at uni before. I'm not saying this to again like insult or belittle anyone, but I felt like a lot of people were very uncritical of what they were being taught. Mm -hmm. um, this undergrad. And I'm not saying that like I was this sort of like. Rain Man type guy that like I, I was outside the box whatever but
but at the very least i tried to diversify what i did in my degree like whenever we had a set of either if we had, for whatever assignment if we had a set list of questions or if we had free reign i tried to do my best to make sure that whatever i whatever topic i chose i wanted to make sure someone else wasn't doing that and i wanted to make sure i got, I got a chance at the very least put forward a critique of whatever we, of, of of what we were being taught um this is undergrad right yeah, in my yeah. undergrad, I did more so in my in my postgrad. I feel like that that the environment here is a bit more, um, it's a bit more open to that. But I felt a lot of the time that like there was certain like you couldn't have a bad opinion of Roland Barthes, uh, or, and and the death of the author. You the couldn't, assume, yeah, that uh, you couldn't. God forbid that you assume that uh, a form of of literary criticism that's kind of been dismissed might have some validity to it uh people would think that, that that's archaic and uh, and backward or whatnot but there might be something there that other people miss um mm. i'm again i'm not saying that academics are like deliberately trying to force feed their own research down, uh, down your throat so i'm not saying that at all i'm saying the environment is such that again people don't want to risk their grades mm -hmm. uh on, on an idea that hasn't been touched on a lot they can't that they might not find a, a breadth of literature about already um and, and i think the university environment can in, in that respect stifle creativity in the realm of criticism i guess this raises the question is undergrad slowly becoming not further education <laughs> yeah i, I mean yeah. to answer a number of questions first off i'd also first off challenge ibrahim's assertion that a degree is not necessarily the, that like a, a further degree or like a higher education or like postgraduate studies or graduate studies, whatever it is, um, are like that you can achieve the same ends without a teacher. Uh, and that I would say is the linchpin of a university education, the teacher. Uh, because if you're going to go to the library, you might drown in a lot of the primary sources uh, without a guide. Um, but I'd say the education itself is in a moment very mm -hmm. traditional right now in the Islamic sense. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> well, I mean, because I've I've done I've read these so things. I've tried right, to read. He said, "Was it in a library you'll drown?" Yeah, you could drown in in the sources. No, because I mean, in my high school years, I tried to read some of the the classical like books. So I tried reading Machiavelli's Prince and uh, Crime and Punishment and a whole bunch of other stuff because I found them they were interesting, but I didn't understand anything that I was doing. Um, and I had, alhamdulillah, the ability to return to some of these things in my college degree. Uh, but this time I had a teacher guiding me through like guided readings of these things, uh, explaining things I wouldn't have understood if I was just reading the book on my own. Uh, and that there's an element that's lost without the, the teacher. The rest of the, the university setting, yeah, can be rather stifling. Uh, universities can stifle creativity, especially when you get into like the hegemony of an idea. Uh, and universities in history uh, absolutely do have uh, orthodoxies. You get into different historical frameworks, Marxist history, feminist history, uh, great person theory of history, social histories. Um, and when you get into like the nitty gritty of understanding and analyzing events and the like how and why events occurred, uh, there can be a lot of debate over things. Um, and divergent opinions can be uh, shut down. Uh, like the... 
the intellectual regime will emphasize or uh, de-emphasize specific things. So like religion and the effects of religious movements in history is kind of like de-emphasized. It just plays a, a kind of unifying factor. Um, and then that's about it. No one will really get into like deeper uh, critiques of like, or not critiques, but like deeper analyses of like the effect of Islam in uh, pre-Arabian society uh, or things like that. It's just something that's like, yeah, we recognize they have a religion, it's unified them, blah, blah, blah. We put it on the side because that's for the religious studies people to discuss. Um, historians, we don't really get into that. Um, and like there's divisions and, and whatnot. There was a biography um, of Saladin that I read. It's a really popular mm -hmm. Mari. I'm sure you've seen it. It's the um, John Manwa. Yes. Yeah. And so, bro, I mean, this guy writes Saladin as if he's just an atheist with religion as a label, you know? Yeah, and it's kind of like uh, he talks about his major decisions he makes, and it's kind of like religion didn't even take play a part in his life. Like, so how mm -hmm. like it's just completely written out. But yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I would just project our own kind of anyway. Yeah, ultimately, and and that's the thing with history: we project our own ideas onto the past. History and the study of history is as much a reflection on us as it is on the past. Um, but I'd say the the education itself. Uh, undergrad, like a uh, secondary school, uh, higher education through postgraduate, is all in a moment of of transition uh, and transformation. Because, like you guys had mentioned this before, that degrees are crucial to the the health of a CV. Uh, therefore, we're churning out graduates um, with a kind of rubber stamp. Uh, okay, here you understand material, you understand material, you understand material, uh, conveyor belt kind of thing as opposed to creating an environment of healthy academic debate and like uh, where we're kind of debating new ideas. Um, also, I'd say the dynamic between teacher and student um, and like the, the inherent power imbalance there may uh, influence the ability to articulate uh, ideas, but it's something that bleeds away at the higher levels. So in a master's degree, there's a lot more emphasis, at least in, in my uh, experience, on critique and analysis, and it's expected. Whereas an undergraduate, uh, a very basic understanding is what's expected of you. Um, but where was I? Going? The oh, issue, yeah. um, I agree with what you're saying that, um, again, like we can't like disregard tutelage. And I'm not saying that like, I'm gonna, I've got a tremendous amount of respect for a lot, most of my teachers. Um, but... I think the, 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 <laughs> wow, you really read into that, didn't you? Well, there's always a handful of teachers <laughs> where you're like, <laughs> you have not contributed much to this class. I would be better uh, off without uh, you. <laughs> um, well, an issue I find uh, it might be different at different universities, but if unless if you're outside of the Oxbridge sort of category, you mm. you will not have that. You will not have a particularly deep relationship with your teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, yep, most of your tutors you'll see them once or twice a week and in between then you might drop them an email about uh, uh something you missed or uh some recommended reading but all in all you don't have a that much of a proximity with them uh, that's something i found was different in my postgrad than my undergrad like now mm -hmm. my course convener and a number of my tutors i feel like i i get i'm i'm actually it's ironic really because i'm i'm not that close physically with them, but I feel like I have a I have a more in depth relationship with them than I did with a lot of my undergrad teachers. Where again, mm -hmm. if you wanted to form like if you wanted to take them as like a mentor, it was not within the, it, that that was outside the scope of what the degree offered. 
Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. unless you're uh, in somewhere like Oxford or Cambridge, where like every seminar, where a seminar group will be a lot smaller, mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't think I don't think you have that. So um, I do I do agree that again, you you only pro- you can only progress so far on your own. Yeah. Uh, but you, how can you have? But you you can't just say the you have to facilitate some, that relationship. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, to round things off here because uh, we've touched on so many different things um, and really I think that shows how nuanced this topic is it's not a simple matter um, and I would argue like if we could probably talk all day about you know the structure just of university and education itself especially um, in the modern day because uh, like the structure we have here in the UK for example it's pretty much the same as the US pretty much the same in Europe but also even in, uh, in the east it's pretty much becomes the standard uh, template um, but uh, I think, yeah, the main takeaway is kind of that I'm getting. And for, for someone who, who might be listening, who, who has an interest in something um, that is either arts or humanities or something else, I suppose something not uh, typical, um, it, you know, it's healthy to pursue those things, basically. And, you know, learn about it. As, uh, like for me, what, what helped me as well whenever I was trying to explore what to do at university and what I in general I want to do in life is just research, like look up what other people are doing, you know, look into like uh, the different kind of options, what might sound interesting to you, what you could see yourself doing, stuff like that. Um, but also, you know, do try and be practical. Uh, like I don't, like none of us are saying, you know, um, take every risk <laughs> you can. Uh, it's good to have a practical, practical approach in life and that is needed too. Um uh, Inshallah. But uh, yeah, like I really enjoyed this this discussion with you guys. I think, you know, personally, even discussions like this, I don't think would be possible if every single one of us studied the exact same thing at the exact same university. Mm. You know, like there's a there's there's a beauty in kind of our diversity in that sense of terms of our backgrounds, uh, our ways of even looking at things and thinking, um, which Alhamdulillah is kind of the nice thing of our ummah as well. You know, and the diverse ummah is is a powerful ummah and one of the examples I think of as well is um, when we look at the Prophet وسلم, when uh, he was establishing the Masjid uh, al-Nubi, you know, in Medina after making uh, the, the Hijra to Medina from Mecca uh, with his companions um, to spread the deen of Medina. You know, to build a Masjid, he d- like he didn't say, okay, every single one of you lay bricks. You know, you had your people laying bricks, you had your people making mixing the cement, you had people, you know, who knew kind of... Uh, uh, maybe how to get the foundations and so on. Basically, you had people, you know, divided in the sense of what they do best and what they're best suited for. It wasn't a case of everyone do the exact same thing, and it wasn't a case of what some person, one, one person is doing, is valued more than the other. Is simply looking at what people's talents, where, where their talents are, which is an important part of kind of, you know, I think uh, our lives now, as well as not, not as well as seeing what interests us, um, but also not. Like looking at it, looking at what we do is you know valued, um, even if it's something that's not as you know uh, reputable. Typically, like especially in Pakistan, for example, medicine is still very much seen as like uh, creme de la creme in terms of family reputation and stuff like that. And seeing value in in regardless what what, what you study, you know. So it's up there, guys. You know, this was a nice convo. Um, appreciate you all coming on, sharing kind of your own thoughts and experiences on it. And uh, hopefully we'll start seeing some more Muslim creatives and uh, like Ibrahim said, people uh, amongst ourselves kind of, you know, pushing 
pushing the boundary in whatever they study or whatever they work. Because I definitely think we all want to see that, inshallah. You know, we want to see Muslims at the top doing 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 great things, inshallah. Cool. So, Jazakallah khair to everyone listening. I hope you are watching. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and uh, stay tuned for the next one, inshallah. From all of us at uh, Finding Islam, sure. uh, take care and we'll catch you in the next one, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.